Welcome in everyone to the Sunday recap. So glad that you have joined us today. We are joined uh, by Mitch Green. Good morning. I'm here You're in here. person and Ariel is not to our right. Oh, where, Ariel, where are Where'd you? Where'd you go? <laughs> Empty seat at the table. I'm sitting on my couch. It is delightful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not by choice. Not by choice. I would much rather be there in the studio with you guys. But um, just had a little, little bit of a temperature on Sunday and yesterday. So playing it safe. Yeah, totally. But you're feeling better today. Yes. Okay. Awesome. I told you I could breathe through my nose, and that's a that's a that's a win. What's that like? I've never (laughs) been able to do that. Never ever. <laughs> Very rarely. We've yeah. been, you know, we you gotta rotor root that thing, dude. Yeah, or I could, I could bring Graham's Frida baby. There you, you go. Know, snot sucker. Get it like in. a We can put the the saline the up your nose. And, have it's you good. seen that That's, thing? Oh, dude, those He's things like, are ridiculous. It's gross. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's real gross. I did it at about eight eight a.m. Yeah. Did you really? This morning. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm giving myself whatever cold he has every time I do it. Is what I feel like. <laughs> Well, they, and they have like electric ones of those. Okay, now we're going into oh, too an much detail. One. Okay, yeah. no, I'll be like, shopping like, Amazon here like while we're podcasting. Water through one nostril uh, and yeah. it like flushes all through your. Yeah, yeah. that's too much information. I put, should have put like a graphic content warning at the front of this podcast. We'll have a link <laughs> on the podcast. Ways to <laughs> clean your nose. <laughs> well, glad you're feeling better, Ariel, and so glad that you can join us through technology today. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, Yay, technology. Hey, before we uh, get jumping into Colossians chapter one today, we're going to, I want to let you know about night of prayer. Um, night of prayer is something that we're going to do here coming up in a couple weeks. It's going to be Sunday night, October 3rd at 6 30 PM. Um, this is really a chance for our church to gather together to pray in, in specifically about the things going on, not only in our church and our community, but also in our world. Um, it's going to be, um, uh, about an hour long, and we're encouraging families to bring their elementary uh, aged and older kids yeah. to come to this because um, this is a great way to teach your kids about prayer mm-hmm. uh, and to model prayer to them. There will be childcare for birth through preschool age, mm-hmm. uh, but kindergarten and up, we want them to be in the room with yeah. us. Yeah, and so like this is how it's going to work for parents of high schoolers. We're telling them we have youth group that night but we're going to go to the prayer gathering. Right. <laughs> so we will start youth group at six. We will do food like we usually do. And then we will go to the prayer gathering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so just, just tell them, Hey, go to youth group and then they'll see you in about 30 minutes. Right. So, uh, Night of Prayer, October 3rd, 6.30 p.m. Uh, we really want to encourage everyone to come out for this. It's going to be, I, I think, uh, uh, a, 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 this is really a thing our church needs to be doing, and we need to be doing this more often. And so I'm so glad that we're doing this in October this year. You guys look really official, by the way, there. Oh, with I the- like this. Yeah, with the uh, the headphones and the microphones, <laughs> and you got that like camera equipment in the background. I feel if like you guys Bob were- and Tom. <laughs> just yeah. and Tom. <laughs> just the most random radio. For the listeners, so you, you kind of get context of where we are. Like we're in a room back in the elementary area, and it's um, really de- designated for video shooting and and the podcast. And we have a little table here set up with a uh, with some microphones and 
headphones and it's kind of legit. Like it's yeah. kind of a legit little 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 studio. It boosts the confidence every week. <laughs> yeah. Coming here, yeah. You know? It's like, oh, we're gonna do something important today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it is a it is a real blessing to have uh, some technology at our fingertips uh to be able to do the stuff like this. And especially to to get like to phone in Ariel uh and um and have her join phone us a this friend. way. Yeah. Well, listen, if we hadn't gone through the beginning stages of this podcast from home, I don't know that I'd know how to do this. That's true. <laughs> That's true. We did a lot of trial and error when we first started this way back in like, what was, oh, when was this, man. March? I remember all the times that the phone call would just die yeah, and die yeah. and we'd have to like figure it out or start over. Or like start over Ooh. again. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. There yeah. was one time where we had to record, I think, the third time was the charm. You guys were <laughs> yes. saying the it same thing so three times in a row. Oh rough. man! But I loved, I loved being able to like steal someone else's point by the third recording. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah. They said something really good. I'm gonna say it this time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, you know what's fun is you can actually go back and listen to all those early recordings, and it's it is kind of interesting, especially go back to listen to the first. One. Have you guys done that? Gone back no. and listened to the first one? You should. It's it's fascinating. Uh, (laughs) we've definitely morphed and changed over the uh, year and a half that we've been doing this. So, Mm -hmm. um, it's the heart of COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about Mitch's neighbors. Oh, the lady walking by, she's having her second kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There you go. (laughs) Still don't see her other than when she walks by the window, but yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, let's dig into Colossians chapter one and um, this message. Uh, We started a new series this week called Praying with Paul. And in this, what we're uh, really what we're doing here is, um, you know, Pastor Scott and Mitch is going to be preaching this next week. Um, you guys are going to be looking at passages where you see that Paul is is writing down what he's praying for mm-hmm. for these different churches. And what's neat about this is it gives us some insight into what Paul prayed for, why he prayed for those things, um, and what he really valued in prayer um, as, as he was doing this uh, ministry to these different churches. And I think um, it, it's important to maybe maybe talk about the context of, of these, these books, um, before we dig into the passage itself so that yeah. we, cause I think this is just a, an important exegetical perspective on this is that like, look, you know, we don't, we never want to take a passage out of context, right? I mean, I mean, Ariel, we, we talk about this in teacher training, um, how important right. context is for a passage. And so understanding the greater context of, let's say here, the book of Colossians is really going to help us to know why Paul is praying the things that he's praying. Yeah. Um, so, so let's start there. Let's, let's talk a little bit about what's happening in Colossians and, um, and how does this then feed into what he says here at the beginning? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I'm not um, super well-versed in the history of... Well, first, let's start here. Let's go very simple. Do you guys say Colossia? Do you say Colossia? How do you guys say it? Colossae? Colossae. You go with the third Colossae. Colossae. See, I grew up always saying Colossia as a kid, and I don't think it was ever accurate, Uh but it's the thing that always comes out of my mouth when I read it. (laughs) So let's start there. Okay, so proper pronunciation. The city. So Colossae is a city. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, And there's a... uh, There are Christians there, um, and this was not a church that Paul planted. Uh, This is a church that... Uh, was started by someone else, and but but he has heard about things that are going on there, and he wanted to write to them. Yeah, 
Um, so, so again, as I was saying, admittedly, I'll be honest with y'all, not a book that I have spent a ton of time in, so I'm not going to have a ton of background, but the thing I do want to make aware, even before we look at the context of the passage, we have to remind ourselves that what we're looking at is a prayer that's found in this letter. Yeah. Um, and then the prayer is not actually the primary focus of the letter. Um, mm. so pretty much every letter in the first century world and Paul's letters are similar. Um, that he writes, it begins with a greeting where he's telling them, hey, I'm Paul, and here's who yeah. you are. They always sign the letter at the yeah. beginning and not at the end yes, like we do today. absolutely. Yeah. And then they go into he goes into a section of a prayer for what he's praying for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he actually gets to kind of the body of the letter, and then he ends the letter typically with like a doxology. Yeah. Um, and so the, really looking at Paul's letter, you have to know what section of the letter we're looking at mm-hmm. because you can have a tendency to like pull something out of the intro. And it's like, dude, all he's really trying to say is like, this is who he is and this is who they are, yeah. <laughs> you know? Or in the prayer, he's trying to pray for them. He may not be trying to get to his main point. Mm-hmm. Yet, you mm-hmm. know, but he will get there. So you have to kind of have an idea of what part of the letter you're reading right. as you address it. Um, yeah. So we're looking at the prayer today. Yeah, and the, the, this is the introduction, the thanksgiving, and the prayer. Yeah. There. So now sure. um, educate me on background knowledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I know, I haven't done extensive research on it, but what I've been able to dig up is that it looks like, um, obviously, this is a uh, Colossae is in Asia Minor, where there's a lot of Roman um, occult worship and lots of syncretism of different religions. And um, one in particular, it looks like in Colossae, is is that they're overly spiritualized with how they're worshiping. Um, it looks like um, there's a, a region where, I, I guess I'm going to read this for you. It's the goddess Sybil. Um was a cult that that came to be where they basically like entered these cleansing rituals with blood of bulls and ecstatic states and things okay, like that. Wow. And so, yeah, it, it looks like it is pretty, pretty pagan and crazy. Um, mm. And so at the same time, you've got, you've got Christ followers who are um, that they look like they're a little bit unsure of their, um, of their redemption and they're, they're relying on their rituals to make sure that they stay in the faith. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so what it, it looks like Paul is trying to address with this whole letter is that Christ is sufficient and that he yeah. has accomplished their redemption for them. Um, and so he's really encouraging them through the sufficiency of Christ. And that's, that's yeah. a that's a big deal for this letter. Absolutely, you can kind of even see that there's a there's a clear um, break in the in the book that happens between chapter two and chapter three, and you know when you look at chapters one and two, he's really talking about all the things that Christ has done for us and who Christ mm-hmm. is, and he really focuses on the idea that Christ, um, especially when you get to chapter one verse fifteen. There's this. There's these six verses there, 15 through 20, where you see this really beautiful picture that that presents this Christology that's very robust. This idea that he is, um, he's the he's uh, he calls him preeminent, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, that mm-hmm. that that the full in in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, um, and and then the work that he did. And he talks about how his work is divided into two parts: through the work of creation, and then the work of redemption, mm-hmm. and. Um, and so, so what's fascinating about, about this is he, he really has a high view of Christ and who he is, and that's key to this sufficiency that you're talking about because um, 
because ultimately he's basically saying um, you are, uh, he uses this word qualified. We'll get to that in a second here, but he, <laughs> but you are qualified by someone who uh, really there's no one higher. You were, there's mm-hmm. no one higher by which you could be qualified. And, um, and so qualified to what and all that is, is what we need to maybe dig into. But, but the, thing, the thing about that is that's fascinating is he's really trying to make a case in chapters one and two of how, um, how high Christ is, that like there's really no one higher. And because of what he did, that it's actually um, the very best thing, right? Uh, the, the, the best, the, the, the highest source of authority that we could have rather than like what Ariel, what you mentioned about like all of the, the different cultic uh, worship practices that they had in the culture at the time where they were trying to qualify themselves through those mm-hmm. cultic practices. Right. 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 Yeah. And like, in yeah, and I, no, I was just going to say in one nineteen. I mean, just think about this phrase in contrast with the culture that you're describing for in him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Right. Like meaning that Christ is the fullest of the full, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that there's nothing else that compares. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what, what yeah. I think is great about this is that the, their, their qualification is not based on the virtue of what they do, but it's based on the virtue of who Christ is, you know? And, and that's, and that's a, that's a huge um, application point. I mean, even I think for us yeah. too, I mean, we, when we think about our own, our own identity, our own um, feelings of worth, right. Um, and whether or not even we feel like we can approach God as a Christian, um, sometimes we, we end up placing our own mm-hmm. value and worth on what we do. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if you guys have, have seen this and heard this, but I, I feel like I see this a lot where it's like even Christians will be like, oh, you know, I'll come back to church when um, when I get my life back together, you know, mm-hmm. or or um, I, I don't feel like I can pray right now because because I don't have my I don't have my junk together right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I got to get my life together first and then I'll be able to go and and actually do these things. And that's just the opposite of what this is saying. You know, this is saying, no, actually you didn't have to do that first. Christ has qualified you. You are already in that position and that have that status. And therefore it's been secured for you. Um, Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think we begin to see um, Paul's heart for the church in his prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, you see him begin Mm -hmm. to like, he doesn't flesh these things out but he's praying for them, you know, and he, he begins to kind of lay that groundwork. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and read the passage. This is uh, verses, chapter one, verses three through 14. Um, would you guys want to read that? I can read it just to make sure we have good recording. Okay. Okay. Give me a second. Let me get that. Mitch is going to brave it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's no names in there. So I think. Yeah. <laughs> Colossia. <laughs> Colossi. How do you guys say it? Colossa Colossae. 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 Okay, cool, cool. Colossae. Cool. Good. It's one of those that I just it's ingrained in my mind the wrong way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Colossians chapter one, verse three. We always thank God for the the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, 
which has come to you as indeed the whole world is bearing its fruit and increasing, as it is also as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. Verse 7. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow saint, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has been known to us, uh, to us your love in the Spirit. Verse 9. And so from this day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance patience with joy, and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of the beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I kind of want to start at the end, if that's okay. Can we do that? Can, nope. we, can we start at yeah. the end and then kind of work our way back? Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a logical flow that's going on leading to something at the end here that then we kind of need to work backwards towards. So so verses, verses 12 through 14 uh, gets into this passage. It's really talking about what Christ has done. And so he says, you know, we're giving, we're giving thanks to the Father um, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the yeah. saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So what is he, let's unpack that. What is he talking about there? What are, what are some of the benefits then of what, of what God has done for us? Well, we first see that he's qualified us, um, which you already kind of talked about. Um, and I think what that does is that it's probably the justification piece of what Christ has done in making our standing before God right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, oh, sorry, Ariel, keep going. Go ahead. You go. Did you want to say anything else about nope. justification on that? Or, keep okay. Going. And then the, the second thing, the second piece after that, um, is to share in the inheritance of the of the saints in light. Um, and so we see this piece of the inheritance. There's a promise. Um, that has been from the beginning of scripture that's flowing all the way through uh, that they have to look forward to and can also um, enjoy in this life as well. Yeah. 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 I I think that's, that's good. The, the justification that we receive actually then qualifies us to receive this inheritance. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and it's, there's so much that's wrapped into that. Like we can't (laughs) even begin to understand it. But when we think about us being, um, in Christ is is a phrase that Paul uses quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You have this concept of that we are we we receive everything that Christ receives. Yes, and if Christ is the Son of God the Father, the one that's sitting at the right hand of 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 God, then we have that essentially that same position in, in, in that sense that if we are in Him, that's where we are. We are seated in the heavenly yeah. places, as Ephesians says, mm-hmm. and that we. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, will receive this same inheritance, and and that is mind blowing to yeah. think about. I mean, ju- I mean, you can't even begin to scratch the surface of what that means. Um, well, and, and and then within the context of a group of people that probably don't feel very qualified, you know, they're right. thinking of ritual ceremony as Ariel's describing, or these sacrifices and these things that they need to do to be more qualified, or what yeah. they need to know. And then Paul goes on a you know 
two chapter, I think like two, three chapter rant here about how Christ is, <laughs> is yeah. the source of qualification and he is the one who's accomplished all these things. And therefore you are qualified because of what he's done. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it just, it just really, like you said, it's, it's almost hard to fathom what that message says to somebody that, um, doesn't feel mm -hmm. qualified mm -hmm. by yeah. their own ability. Yeah. And then you look at like, well, verse, you think of, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you think from the beginning of time where, um, the fall happened and we're all inheriting sin and guilt and shame from Adam, yeah, um, we good. have this imputed sin. We now have this imputed righteousness. Um, and we, you know, they were both given to us. We inherit both, yeah. but thanks be to God, we get, we get the second, we get the imputed righteousness through Christ who right. is, um, who's overcome sin. Right. Right. Um, explain imputed really quick in case people don't yeah, know what that is. Imputed means it's just, it is, um, imparted to. So yeah. like if you were born in Australia you are an Australian, absolutely. Not because you earned the uh, status as an Australian. It's just you are there. That just it was given to you by your parents and by your um, location, um, and whatever factors mm -hmm. were in, in like acting upon you. So mm -hmm. I don't know. That's the best way I can. No, I think that's great. It. I think I think the word status is a really is a really good word um, to kind of help describe this too. Because mm -hmm. I think in these contexts. Um, Many of these cultures, again, again, I'm not very familiar with the the group that he's writing to, but there's a honor shame culture going on. There's a um, status matters. <laughs> you know, there's different mm -hmm. social mm -hmm. structures. You know, where where in our context, it's kind of this picture of everybody. Everybody probably thinks they're qualified. <laughs> you know, at some level, mm -hmm. like we we experience moments where we feel like we can't have access to God. But in general, we feel pretty qualified to do most of the things we do. You know, we feel you're we're talking about American Americans. Like a, like yeah, yeah, we're American very culture, we're very yeah. proud of ourselves. But this is a culture where people actually don't have the status and the access to all things. You mm -hmm. know, like there's social structures at play, and so when you when you say to a group of people, okay, you know, everybody's created in the image of God. That is that's an identity that's placed on them. But everybody's fallen. You know, but then your status is um, you've now given the status of in full inheritance mm -hmm. based off of the work of Christ, um, it, it really will spit in the face of culture's narrative of, no, 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 this is who you are. Yeah. Um, and the only way to get up here is by association with other people. But really what Paul is saying is you have this status, you have this inheritance that's been imputed to you solely by the work of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you rest in, and, yeah. and, and that's what we rest in. That's what his prayer is, is that you would rest in that. Right. Right. And functionally, I mean, imputation just is about tr a transfer, yeah. right? Like a transfer of righteousness or guilt. And you see that in the Levitical law, like you could do that with an animal. Mm -hmm. they, they would transfer guilt of people to an animal and, and that sort of thing. And that's an interesting concept to kind of get around, get your mind around. Cause it's like, how does my guilt get transferred to something else, but that's what's happening here. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's, there's a really, yeah, that's good. there's a really cool picture here too of, so, okay, we, we've been qualified. Um, we are now declared qualified, um, for the inheritance, but then he kind of gets into the way that we typically think about justification and what it, what it accomplishes. We've been delivered from the domain of darkness. So we're like, okay, yes. like, yeah. so, so, so because of this qualification, we've been delivered, but then kind of, as you were saying, Chris, if you work backwards also because of what Christ has done and we can be strengthened with all power, um, according to his glorious might, we can have endurance and patience yeah, the, and the joy. <laughs> so it's like all of these things are accomplished 
by what Christ has done. The, the next verse in there, verse 13, says he's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption. I think that's Exodus language. Mm-hmm. Like, like when you look at the word deliver, um, you have this delivering from uh, from Egypt, right? Out of out of Egypt into the promised land. And and so mm-hmm. there's, there's this picture where the whole Exodus journey is a picture of our justification. Um, or, or of our salvation ultimately in different stages. And, um, and so as people are, you know, and, and even actually Jesus says this too uh, in, in Luke, in the, in the transfiguration account in Luke, he calls his deliverance that he's going to bring to the people a second exodus, uh, uh, which is really interesting. Yeah. He, I think some translations use the word departure instead. Um, mm-hmm. But 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 he's using Exodus language there. So I think you have this this um, more full picture of that mm-hmm. deliverance happening here in Christ um, when it's prefigured in the Exodus story. So so all of this is just getting to this is what Christ has done, and by virtue of that, and by virtue of who He is, all of these other things come along with it. And this is what Paul prays for. Uh, yeah. Paul mm-hmm. Paul is praying for these things in them. Um, this is fascinating to me because typically, okay, so let's talk about prayer now here first. We'll kind of switch gears here, mm-hmm. but this kind of feeds on this. Because typically I think when we think of prayer, we're praying for needs and things that we don't have. But Paul here is praying for things that they do have. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like like he's praying, these are, these are Christians. These are people who who... He says, "Has been they have been qualified, they have been delivered, and these are you know, and they and they have the Holy Spirit within yeah. them. Um, they have the Spirit of God to help them to understand the Scriptures, to give them knowledge and yeah. discernment and um, and wisdom and all the things that are that He's praying for here. So He's praying for the things that they actually have, that they would grow and increase in those things. What?" To what extent is it a good thing for us to be praying for the things that we know that they have in Christ uh, versus things that maybe people don't have? Like what what's the what's the what's the benefit of that, and why should we be doing stuff like that? I I think it it comes back to um, this talking about status or this identity that's been placed on you. Mm-hmm. So so you've got this picture of, okay, they've been qualified um, to share in the inheritance of the saint. And then he's kind of got this encouragement that he says, so he says, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. And we've been talking about this a little bit. but it's obedience. I, yeah, yeah, it's right. obedience to God for what he's done. But um, when we think of worth, we think of, we probably read that verse and sometimes we think, okay, I got to do these things to be, to hold the status that I have, but it's kind of the, it's kind of the other way around where it's like, you are qualified. So why would you live a lesser life? Mm -hmm. Like you, this, like Christ has placed this status on you. So therefore live out that identity. You know, I mean, I don't know why this is the picture that I keep coming back to in my mind, but it's like at some point at Thanksgiving, you have the status of an adult. Now you can sit at the adult table and move on from the kid table. (laughs) <laughs> why would you still go back and sit at the kid table? Like you can, like, but it's, it's not living. It's, it's not, it's not worthy of your status anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Paul is alluding to. He's not saying, Hey, live up 
to what to this identity like live up and then you'll earn it. He's saying, no, 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 like live a life that's worthy of the status that you've been given. Mm-hmm. Like walk as walk as if you have the inheritance that's been placed on you. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think it's important that we pray for those things because we need that reminder because we're drawn towards lesser living. And I'm not saying lesser in the sense of like we're drawn towards, you know, we're, we're drawn towards chasing after the things of the world versus living out the status and the identity that's been placed on us. Yeah. So we have to pray for that truth or we're not going to walk out that identity in our life. Yeah. So um, it's, so it's more helpful for for us. Yeah, it's a remind well. it's 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 a reminder but it's it's so key because every single day the narrative that's been being given to us about our identity or our status is is something else. Mm. I like that analogy, Mitch. And <laughs> I have to um I have to think a little bit more about the the surrounding um pressures of of what the the Roman citizens and like these these colonies of Rome are, are dealing with. And when I think of like I know we we said we weren't going to talk about Gnosticism, but this is a piece of it. It seems like it seems like Paul is addressing it when we reread this to be filled with the knowledge in verse yeah. nine of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Um, Gnosticism would have claimed that they have to attain this higher knowledge um, and what he's saying is you already have it in Christ. You already have the knowledge of God's will. And my prayer is that you be filled with it and that, um, and that then you would walk out that status like you're talking about, yeah, Mitch. Right. Um, well, and you would be reminded that God is a source of knowledge. What he prays for, it, again, exactly. he says, um, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So walk in a manner worthy of the, like, Walk as if you are qualified, <laughs> you know, and then fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. So knowledge is is intrinsically tied to God. Mm-hmm. It's not tied to something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just even grading, um, as I've been working on this week's um, sermon, like, and we're looking at a different passage, it's kind of similar, um, Philippians 1, 8, and 9, but he's, what, what Paul is instructing is not common knowledge, like he's not saying that you just understand like the way that things work better. Mm-hmm. He's like, but you actually grow in a love of God and you grow in God's knowledge. Um, well, and I think, man, there's so much we can unpack with yeah. that. But, but I think it's important to understand that all knowledge yes. comes from God. It's intrinsically and, quite tied to God. Right. And and so, so like even for the atheist, um, for the unbeliever, the the knowledge any knowledge that we possess is actually a gift from God and so it, so in essence it's actually kind of interesting how I mean from an apologetic standpoint how like people who are defiant against God rebellious against God can will use the knowledge that God has given them in order to try to circumvent uh, mm-hmm. faith and and actually create arguments against God it's a I mean that's like a slap in the face to God at that mm-hmm. point. It's like, here's this gift that God has given you and you're just using it to, you know. Um, well, I mean, he he qualifies that, basically what you're saying, Chris, by talking about that preeminence of Christ. Yes. By just saying that all things were created through him and for him um, and that by him all things hold together. Right. And so you're right. That includes knowledge. Yeah. Um, and there's a whole theology around that that we don't have time to get into, but, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, but I just think it's I, I think it's so interesting and Mitch going back to what you were saying that like this is this is how then he prays for these people he's he's praying for them to be blessed and to grow in the in these gifts that God does give to all of His people and he 
he recognizes that it has already begun. Like, you know, in, in the beginning of the passage, he says, you know, since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and the love you have for the saints, um, that that then excites Paul to be like, Paul, like Scott talked about this on Sunday, like that excited Paul to be like, man, I, I want to pray for these guys and, and I want to, um, and I'm going to write them and, and tell them like, I'm praying for you and, and I'm encouraged by you. And I'm, I'm encouraged to hear that God is working in you and, and doing this work among you. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is, that is truly something that, I don't know, I, I, for me, I'm like, I want that kind of passion. I want that same kind of excitement and passion yeah. when I see that, that kind of thing happen. And then, and then to go and be like, yeah, I'm going to be, I'm going to be praying for that for that to increase and to grow and that we're praying for the believers, you yeah, know, because it's, it is everything. And I think like, like, again, to these, to these people, um, they're being given a status that is, goes, that goes against their experience yeah. in our context. Um, we have a tendency to find our status and worth in other things, mm-hmm. but it's already been fully placed on us by the work of Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's, it's everything. Yeah. <laughs> like it is, it is the source of peace. It is the yeah. source of hope. Um, it is, it is unbreakable. It, you know, there's nothing that can separate that. Um, and, and so for us, um, again, think about that message in the world that we live in, you know, it's, um, mm-hmm. I think our tendency today is like, we want to find a lot of right answers to very specific things, probably even more that we just want to grow, um, in our understanding of, our justification, justification with God, but even more than that, just the the knowledge of God. Like we want, we want God's help in our specific thing for us more than we just want to recognize that, man, this is the identity that God's placed on us. What a blessing now walk in that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that is, um, yeah, it's, it's everything. And I think that's what, why we should be thinking about the people in our lives that, you know, they're struggling with other things. They're finding their worth and, their work or relationships or whatever it may be, um, that there's an offering um, and there is a there's a justification that's found in the work of Christ um, that just makes all those other things, um, as Paul says, become filthy rags yeah. <laughs> that, that do not compare. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care about that, any of that anymore. Well, let's do this. We have a few minutes left here, I would love to hear what is maybe one thing that as you're looking at this and and really looking at your prayer life, what's one way that we can apply what we're talking about here to the way that we pray? Uh, Let's maybe go around the table. What's one thing that that you would take away from this and say, like, this is what I would want to apply in my own prayer life? I mean, looking at what what Paul is doing here, I can't help but pick up on how excited he has he is about their salvation and this fervor he has for their assurance. And he just, Mm -hmm. he seems to pour that out in his words of saying, this is what you have. I just want to remind you of this. Um, And I can't wait to see you walk in it Mm -hmm. is kind of what the summary. Um, It's joyful. It's so joyful. It is so joyful. You're right. You're right. And I think as brothers and sisters in Christ, I, I mean, I would love to, to put on, that attitude about prayer of just joy for the, uh, the salvation of my brothers and sisters. And then just to ask the Lord to strengthen them and walk in, in the gospel and just in, in the way that he would use them in, in our church and in our community. Um, 
just so his word yeah. may be spread, you know? Absolutely. That's good. Yeah. I, I think for me, I am, um, I can be very geared towards thinking about um, accomplishments, um, looking for God's specific direction for the next thing for me, mm-hmm. rather than where I think um, you look at a prayer like this, and Paul is really, um, what he's praying for them is that they would live out um, the, the they would live out this identity that's been placed on them. He's not specific to circumstance, the thing that, you know, the, the, their next big dream, their next big, you know, it's just walking yeah. out an identity. And I think that's the reminder of that, you know, it, it reminds me to kind of bring myself back to say, you know, okay, the goal today is to be faithful to God for what he's done for me, um, yeah. to rely on him more, um, to know more of who God is um, and to experience that in community, the goal is not to go accomplish the next big thing. And that's really all I'm asking mm, God for. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think mine's somewhat related to what you're saying too. It, 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 it's, it's actually coming back to how do I, how do I pray, pray the, the, the scriptures or pray God's mm. promises to us back to him in a way that um, is going to benefit and be a real help to the people that I'm praying for and also to myself um, and part of that has to do with knowing scripture well, so that I know what yeah. to, what then to pray. But, um, you know, uh, I, I took a, I took a class this last, um, January and February with, um, uh, through my school and, and, and the, the class was like a one unit spiritual formation class. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, the, the little, little class that they always make you take in seminary. Right. Um, and this class was so good though, because one of the, pretty much the only homework assignment, there was some reading, but the only homework assignment was we were assigned a Psalm every yeah. week. And what we had to do was read the Psalm and then we had to write a prayer that was formulated out of the what the Psalm said. And the prayer had to be, a, I mean, they wanted us to make it somewhat robust. So it had to be like at least half a page long and things yeah. like that. So, you know, it had to be lengthy to a certain extent. Um, but that discipline of doing that for, it was only eight weeks, but we, we did that for eight weeks. And uh, I was like, I really got a lot out of that because it forced me not only to to sort of um, allow the psalm to just get into my heart, um, mm-hmm. but then to, to then formulate ways to then think through the psalm and then pray it for my own life or for the mm-hmm. things in the world at the time, um, you know, that yeah. that was just such a, a really neat discipline to do and something that, um, I mean, I want to, I want to do that more, uh, yeah. to be, to be, to be focused in that way. Well, more, I think that's what prayer reveals, reveals sometimes where we're at. You know, I found myself praying this morning as I was driving in and it took me, it took me a good couple minutes in prayer to get past, you know, just kind of laying out my wish list before God, <laughs> like even in prayer being reminded that like, no God, I, you know, like, like I'm like, God, I'm praying for this. I mean, even things that you're like, God, give me peace. It's like, well, that's still kind of a wish list. Yeah, like, yeah. like I want peace. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. But like, you know, and then I'm like, okay, how do I make that? How do I transition to being like, God, I want to trust you more. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do I transition to actually making about honoring God and his character and growing in his, you know, praying for your own spiritual growth. Yeah, And you know, and it's, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's, it's hard. And so when we look at a prayer like this, it's like, man, I'm sure they'd love for Paul to pray for specific circumstances in their life. Yeah. But he's like, those things pale in comparison to understanding the status of who you are in Christ. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Word. That's really good to back up to your Psalms, Chris. It's yeah. so great that you said that because Mitch and I were just talking mm-hmm. about that last week. 
Um, and I think that's great for outrage culture right now. It seems like that's been on my heart a lot this past couple of weeks is just how, um, how outraged we all are with life and with the world in general and just the things mm-hmm. we see going on around us. Just we see injustice taking, um, uh, taking higher ground, you know, great, I would, I guess I would say gaining ground when it feels like, um, justice is losing or righteousness is losing. Yeah. And, uh, so Mitch and I talked about, I think it was Psalm five, right? Yeah. It's my screensaver yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And I just appreciated that so much because even when we feel outraged and just irritated at, um, at wickedness, winning is what it seems like. Yeah. It's so good to just pour out those frustrations to God and let him have the the outrage because he so quickly turns our heart to mm-hmm. to um peace and calm knowing that he is the one who will have um will have preeminence at the end of the day everything will yeah. will um will bow to him you know and That's will bow good. to Christ so that's I awesome. love that. It's cool. I'm going to give you the last word on that. Yeah, That's I'm good sorry. stuff. <laughs> well, hey, thanks so much for uh, listening this week. Um, this was a, a good conversation, you guys. Thank you. And um, again, you know, as we always say, we would love to hear from you. If you got questions about anything we talked about, we would love to chat about that. Um, or if there's things that, um, you know, we can even pray for for you, we would love to do that as well. I mean, we're that's why we're here, right? So that's that's the whole thing. Um, we have that, like we mentioned at the beginning, we have that night of prayer coming up on October 3rd. We would love for you guys to be there for that. And um, and be encouraged in prayer daily, you guys, um, to just to keep growing in this. This is, I think this is truly a discipline that we do grow in. And um, and so this is something that, I mean, I know each of us want to grow in as well. And so we're we're all working on it. I think we'll never fully get there until we, until we get, get to heaven one day, yeah. you know? So, um, but I'm, I'm thankful for the Lord's patience with me and all of that. So, um, so yeah, so hope you have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next time on the Sunday recap. Mm-hmm.